The Pro Wrestling Stories Podcast. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Stories Podcast, where we transport you to nostalgic moments of wrestling's past. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get them, and follow Pro Wrestling Stories on Facebook at Pro Wrestling Stories and on Twitter, PWS underscore official. And if you're looking for a new t-shirt, who isn't? By the way, I'm wearing my AJ Styles t-shirt at the moment. As we're recording this, Money in the Bank is just about to transpire. Hopefully this is good luck. You can stop by PWSTees.com. Pro Wrestling Stories has a bunch of t-shirts on there to add to your collection. And as an exclusive, Corey, take an mm. additional 10% off your order today using the promo code podcast. Oh. Ooh. Hello. Can't miss that. Hello. No, my God. You can't. I'm wearing, today I'm wearing a, a turtleneck uh, in, in tribute to The Rock. So, oh, or yeah, The Miz. A, a real rock. The Miz, yeah. Yeah. It's uh I have nowhere to wear it. I just sit in my house and I was like, podcast day? Wear the turtleneck. <laughs> uh, for those unaware in the Great White North, it's been snowing recently. So, of course, in May, a.k.a. Winter Junior, we have murder hornets. We have snow. <laughs> we have the coronavirus. It's just a giant mess right now. Unless you live in the Pacific Ocean like I do on a beautiful island where we don't get snow at all, which is absolutely you wonderful. You, you know over there right now? Yeah, it's 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 chilly right now. It's not desirable. You go outside, and I'm putting on a winter jacket. I'm going to the beach after this. Oh, he just had to rub it in. I'm Chris Toplak. He's Corey Rivard. Hello. Austin versus McMahon. Austin versus Rock. Brett versus Sean. Savage versus Hogan. Undertaker versus Kane. There are countless feuds associated with WWE that fans revere, but one rivalry that belongs high on that list is Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels. Corey, what do you remember about this epic rivalry? And Because it played out like a compelling miniseries to me. I think those two guys, from, from the moment Chris Jericho walked in uh, very first, you just knew that, that was, it was a destiny. Those two had to have a, have a program at some point. Some guys are just kind of designed to work with each other. They have the same kind of attitude. They've got the same kind of, you know, the weight class and the, just the type of guys that they are. And you knew that when it was coming together, it was going to be something. And it was almost barely anything. It was supposed to be just a one-off at one point. And then, uh, uh, you know, obviously they were amazing together. So they went for it. And it was it was it drew us out for years, right? Definitely. And as Bret Hart used to describe him versus Mr. Perfect as spy versus spy because they were so alike, I felt the same mm. way about Jericho and Michaels. So many parallels in their career, great overall performers. They were tailor-made for each other. Exactly. There was no choice. Had to happen. So the Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels feud, of course, involved two of the greatest artists painting a beautiful piece of work with layers of emotion that could really resonate with any pro wrestling fan. And in the process, at least in my opinion, they created one of the most memorable wrestling feuds of all time. And if you're going to have a story, have a big one or none at all. So if you want to follow along, this is going to be a cheap plug, by the way, and it's not to put myself cool. over. It, baby. <laughs> it's it. Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels, their emotional, memorable feud, author, Christopher Toplak, that is moi, Ooh, and editor J.P. Zarka. Oh, I'm glad you do. Oh, well, that guy. <laughs> the feud continues for another week, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, Chris is just uh, one of my favorites ever, and uh, he's writing about uh, one of my favorite wrestler of all time, 
John Michaels. We've had so many Bret Hart mentions in this freaking podcast. It's about time we get to my guy. <laughs> I do. Uh, I do love Sean. Today. By the way, I think Sean is what? when you when you talk about the greatest overall performers in the history of the business, he has yeah. to be near the very top. <laughs> doubtless, doubtless, nothing compares. He's uh, a and a non wrestling fan could watch him do his thing and would fall in love with it. He's the best. He always has been the best. I've been on Team Shawn Michaels since the Rockers, knowing that if they just took him out of there, he would just go on skyrocket. And he did. Even when Brett and Shawn were at the peak of the rivalry together and they hated each other, even Bret Hart could admit, that little bastard, he's great. Yeah, that's the best. That's the best version is like his mortal enemy. He's just got to hand it to him a little bit. Definitely. So... We're going to dive into this feud. It's really a definitive timeline, but really diving into what made it so special as we start all the way back in 2002, we take ourselves to 2008. Chris detailed this very well. Let's start at the beginning when Shawn Michaels returned at SummerSlam in 2002 to face Triple H in a street fight. The match was initially expected to be a one-off. One of the prominent influences in Shawn's ear suggested uh, that he compete on a permanent basis was Chris Jericho a man who idolized the Heartbreak Kid. Mm. As for Jericho, he was already an undisputed champion, a main eventer, and arguably at the prime of his career trajectory within the company. His career prospects were brighter than ever. Heading into 2003, Chris Jericho became obsessed with ending the career of Shawn Michaels and ultimately proving he was the superior talent. He believed Father Time had passed Shawn by and being... The king of the world, this was Jericho's era. I believe uh, Sean is, what, six years older than Jericho? Yeah, I believe like- so. Something along those <laughs> lines, yeah. Yeah, well, father time was, has been kind of both of them, to be <laughs> It has been, jeez. Sean looks like he's 20 years old, still. <laughs> uh, we fast forward to January 13, 2003. During an episode of Raw, Jericho won an over-the-top rope challenge where he could pick his spot in the Royal Rumble. He chose entry number two, while Shawn Michaels was the first entry. The ultimate test against his hero. Why would he choose number two? Why? Just to, just to, just to rub it in Shawn's face and just get it shot at him. And yeah, you know, you're not going to be a legend if you choose 30. You gotta True. Start, you, gotta, you gotta just display those talents, baby. I believe the best odds, by the way, are 27, if I recall correctly. Yeah? Yeah. That seems about right. The guy's fresh and not and less obvious than thirty, and yeah, that happens quite a bit, eh? It does. That that, that happened this time? No. When, when was when did Brock get in in this one? Brock, ah, geez, I think he, he might have been twenty-seven. Actually, uh, he may have been. Well, we're gonna have to go back and look at that. I watched yeah. it recently, but I don't recall what spot he was in for some weird reason. I watched it yesterday, so I have no excuse. Um, <laughs> but you probably had some beers in you, some Steve Weisers in you. I had some beers during the day because it was. Oh, I watched Royal Rumble and WrestleMania all in one day. That's a long day. Ordered some pizzas. It was gold. That's a beautiful <clears> day. day. Uh, Royal Rumble 2003 on January 19th, 2003. The Royal Rumble took place from the Fleet Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Will the real Chris Jericho please stand up? After Michaels' entrance as entrant number one, Jericho entered as the second participant. But something was suspicious here. Instead of Chris Jericho, it was actually his tag team partner, Christian, dressed mm. as the king of the world. This allowed the opportunistic Jericho to slide into the ring from behind and attack Michaels. HBK was soon eliminated in 2 minutes and 31 seconds, but he would soon get the last laugh. Roughly midway through the match, Shawn Michaels rushed back down 
for the distraction while Test eliminated Jericho. Chris lasted 39 minutes and was the 14th competitor eliminated. Impressive, but simply not enough to win. As you can imagine, tensions between HBK and Jericho were at an all-time high, but they did not compete one-on-one until WrestleMania 19 two months later. There's an individual you forget about is Test. Uh, an amazing big boot, but... He's so good. <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know what? He, he was pretty good. I just don't know what was missing from him. Maybe it was the charisma or the mic skills, the but it, it in the ring... He was great. He could be a yeah. perfect silent assassin or bodyguard for somebody, though. Exactly, but you just you just can't uh, fake that extra spark that uh, a lot of these other guys have. You need that it, the big it, yeah. and, and the other thing too is many tend to forget that Sean was eliminated so early into the match by that brilliant Jericho tactic that he implemented, and then Brock ultimately won the Royal Rumble, as we noted, eliminating yeah. the Undertaker. But also noteworthy from this event, you saw this, and this is probably the first time yeah. you've seen it in years, was the yeah. absolute epic, the classic between Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, which, by the way, the rabid Wolverine, he received a standing ovation despite the loss. They kind of set it up that way. Like, they knew that was coming. They got Kurt out of the out of the ring first, and... Mm-hmm left Chris in the ring and this hedged their bets that the the crowd would go wild still. And they, they certainly did. So they knew what they had at that point. Well, ish. I still believe by the way, that that was the moment where they realized he could be a world champion down the road. And of course, yeah. just over a year later at WrestleMania 20, 2004, that's where Chris Benoit had his moment. Yeah, there it is. Um, I, I, I was wondering when I was watching if uh, the test eliminating uh, Chris Jericho thing was uh was was that supposed to be sean who you'd think that sean would be the one knocking him out if he's interfering but test got him out i feel like it almost felt like a mistake at the time you never know but it was probably intentional though there's only been a couple of times where it it fell to the wayside where they thought uh geez and i think one of them was with austin where he was not supposed to be eliminated and then he had to go back in somehow i think that may have been even 97 Really? We'll be corrected either way, but I do recall it was probably Austin. So uh, moving ahead to WrestleMania 19, which you have watched, and we'll talk about this at length. WrestleMania 19 Mm -hmm. took place on March 30th, 2003 from Safeco Field, one of my favorite stadiums nearby you in Seattle. And with roughly 54,000 in attendance, these two superstars put on an all-time classic. Critics and fans tend to agree that it was the best match on the card. Now, some will disagree and say it was Kurt and Brock. I still give it to Sean and Jericho. It was a masterclass. Am I, am I, am I allowed? Am I allowed to give it to Rock and Austin, or is that just typical? No, you can if you want to. I think it's yeah, also the emotion of that match as well, too, at the end, and of course the story behind it and Rock uh, yeah. leaning over, telling him how much he appreciated him and how he loves him. Yeah. If you want to talk about the it. true story behind it. I have no problem giving it to that match, by the way. Okay, perfect. Thank God. Because it, it, it. it was a solid match. And, and to me, it was Steve Austin riding off into the sunset like John Wayne. It's still emotional yeah. for me to actually see that because the gunslinger is done. That's the last time we ever saw him compete. And they're both on such another level oh, than yeah. everyone else. I, you know, That's at the end of me watching about eight hours of wrestling yesterday. And uh, that was just... It's just a different level when it's those two guys. When Austin walks off, he he makes that long walk up the entrance ramp, which, again, was a very long walk. Uh, It was emotional. Even to this day, I still get goosebumps because you think, that's the man. That's the guy. That's the ultimate man's man, the gunslinger, as I noted. And he's done, and you knew it. You knew he was not coming back because of the the prolonged neck injuries and the surgeries and all of that, too. 
that's what that weird rash is. It's goosebumps. That's what I have. <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's, it's goosebumps. I called the doctor. We had a little Zoom <laughs> yeah. conversation. It wasn't the same. Yeah. But either way, if you and give it Austin. <laughs> if you give it to Austin and Rock, I'm perfectly okay with that. From an yeah. in-ring masterclass of storytelling, I still give it to Michaels and Jericho. The psychology really saw both competitors really try to one-up each other. And despite multiple submission attempts uh, that targeted Sean's previously injured back, even on the outside of the ring, Jericho would have to rush back in. Jericho's arrogance really got the best of him. And it was not long after kicking out of Sweet Chin Music, Michaels won the match with a roll-up pin. And what I loved about it too, Chris Jericho has to be the biggest sore loser of all time. With emotions running high, the two embraced in the middle of the ring with a hug. But Jericho quickly spoiled the moment by bing kicking Sean in the groin with a low blow ooh, looked brutal <laughs> yeah you kind of saw that one coming but yeah uh, yeah yeah he's not a hugger yeah so wrestlemania 19 by the way you had rock versus austin three you had hogan versus mcmahon lesnar versus austin or sorry lesnar versus angle you also had uh booker t versus triple h a lot of matches on this card and of course chris jericho versus Shawn michaels which i believe was the highlight of the night some will mm. tend to disagree that's okay <laughs> but uh, this was one of the most critically acclaimed wrestlemanias of all time personally one of my favorites if i had to list my all-time favorites and I'm I'm not going to put it in a particular order, but I would probably have 17, 19, 31, 10, and 30 on that list. How dare you leave WrestleMania 9 out of Oh, there. God. I knew you were going to bring that up. In terms of the Come atmosphere, on. top five. In terms of the execution, <laughs> Jesus, I don't think it can go <laughs> any lower. Oh, my God. Not enough doink in those WrestleMania. Oh, but whatever. Geez. So what do you think I of it from yeah. watching it from start it, to finish? I know it's been a while, but WrestleMania 19 was, mwah, it was amazing. It's been one night. I watched it last night, and it was incredible. It was great. It was the best. It was, uh, you know, the year before is uh, Rock and uh, and uh, Hogan. Rock and uh, Hogan. I think I honestly, the you think that's like the capital of all of all feuds. But actually, finally seeing Hogan and Vince McMahon fight that was fun. Despite what people might think of the match itself, it was that is fun. Seeing Vince McMahon fight Hulk Hogan, that is just you tell yourself that in the late eighties and. My God, and that it would happen in so many years later, just incredible. And uh, yeah, it's just great. Especially I've been watching a lot of WrestleManias lately, and a lot of them are they fall short. And this one was just beginning to end. Just great time. Oh, you know, there's the there is a really bad uh, brawn panty section of this of this <laughs> WrestleMania that is absurd, um, where somehow Jonathan Coachman gets involved and in, that's never a good sign. Spanking him or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah, but uh, uh, on the whole, great, great, great time. No, no hardcore championship uh, situations where people are coming in and out, True. winning all night. That, no Nathan Jones, all... by the way. So Undertaker forced yeah. to compete by himself in a handicap match, which was very strange. Yeah, that's, the streak is funny, especially I've been watching so many WrestleManias lately. You, know, you hear about the streak so much, then you watch these matches and you're like, okay, he beat A Train. <laughs> like I don't know. There's uh, these these. Uh, you know, giant Gonzalez. It's like it's not like these are like uh, the greatest wrestlers in the world that, well, that well, are victims of the streak. Speaking of the streak and even Jericho and how this ties in, Jericho once went to Taker. Yeah. That was the call that he made about Fandango. And that's at WrestleMania 29, and uh, he was upset. And Taker was saying, what's the problem? You know, the boss asked you to do this, make it the best that you can. Jericho ended up get, right. receiving the best bonus he's ever received, by the way. But Taker was saying, you think I'm proud of every WrestleMania match I've had? 
I've had the giant <laughs> Gonzalez for God's sakes. I mean, no, yeah, I'm not. It's weird. It, yeah, there are there are some some bummers throw, throughout the uh, the streak for sure. This was one of them. I mean, Wrestle, WrestleMania sounds so beautiful and romantic, but there are a lot of dark dark shitty times uh there's no other way around it this was one of them certainly you know because nathan jones as a background was not prepared to perform they did not have the confidence in him to compete alongside undertaker his career did not last very much longer after that in fact i think it was almost immediately derailed and it should have been he had the look he had the size but they saw him in the ring and they said just not gonna happen that it factor man that'll take a lot of people out no it factor yeah, it is important. Tom McGee and, and all of them as well, too. <laughs> all right, let's move on to 2008. These two competed off and on throughout the next several years, but we now fast forward to 2008 and the landscape has drastically changed, and yet Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho are still undeniably main event talent. Fresh off the heels of retiring Ric Flair at WrestleMania 24, Batista set his sights on HBK. The seeds were planted at Flair's retirement celebration, when the animal stared him down and resented the fact that he retired Rick. Jericho found himself in the middle of the feud when he questioned Sean's intentions and suggested he took pleasure in retiring the nature boy. Not long after, Chris Jericho was made the special guest referee for the match between Michaels and Batista at Backlash. In this match, Sean famously faked a knee injury in order to buy some recovery time, then proceeded to nail the animal with sweet chin music to secure the victory. Very clever, calculated, and resourceful. He would do anything and everything to win the match. Shawn Michaels feigned an injury to secure a victory over Batista at Backlash 2008. Jericho served as the guest referee. During an episode of the Highlight Reel on Raw, Jericho awarded Shawn Michaels with the trophy for Best Actor (laughs) in Sports Entertainment. Uh, Jericho calls this a masterpiece of performance and believes the injury was a facade. In turn, Michaels denied faking the injury and clarified that he was hurt and it was legitimate. Ooh, I, I love, by the way, how they brought Ric Flair's retirement to the forefront. And they really played up the storyline. Because if you recall, the camera zooms in on Batista and he has no reaction, even though he's wearing sunglasses, when Shawn Michaels comes out. So he is kind of staring it down thinking, I want revenge. You took out Rick. So that's where Shawn Michaels came out to greet Rick and they compared the Rolexes, but Batista played it up so nicely. Charlotte Flair's great, great, great grandchild will play into a future WrestleMania storyline. <laughs> they will use the flares until it's until it's absolutely impossible. The, the ultimate continuity, right? It's like here yeah. they go, they're going up against it's Flair, and it's uh, <laughs> and then somebody else they'll throw in there. Yeah, there's a third cousin twice removed. It's a flare. It's a flare. There's a flare relation here. But yeah, and by the way, I'm hoping one day, even though he doesn't want it, that when Undertaker does retire, he receives a very similar send-off because Ric Flair's was incredible. If you go back and watch oh, it, yeah. everybody from his past, a lot of people from the present coming out, paying their respects. I love that segment. We'll, we'll tackle that here one of these days. Hey, Chris? Yes, we will. Better believe it. You look forward to that, everybody. It's coming. Uh, on uh, May 5th, 2008, Jericho and Michaels then teamed together against The Miz and John Morrison. Seemingly on only one good leg, Michaels hit John Morrison with the sweet chin music, which prompted Jericho to pin Morrison following a lion salt to win the match. At this point, Sean was either really hurt or continuing to put on a very convincing performance. The next week on Raw, Jericho admitted that his mind was completely changed for questioning his integrity. 
Jericho intended on making a face-to-face apology. Sean then admitted he wasn't hurt, which Jericho now didn't buy, but ate sweet chin music for his denial. Trust me when I tell you I'm not hurt, proclaimed Sean over Jericho's body. Judgment Day took place on May 18th, 2008 from the Quest Arena in Omaha, Nebraska. Shawn Michaels defeated Chris Jericho in under 16 minutes after Michaels countered the walls of Jericho into a straddle pin. Following their competitive match, the two shook hands as a sign of mutual respect. It's interesting, too. Up until this point, Shawn Michaels was really displaying heel tendencies with faking an injury, but still receiving the applause from the audience, which, of course, in turn... This is how we see this story progressing. Chris Jericho growing increasingly more aggravated by this. I think Sean's uh, anti-hero uh, persona has never, the anti-hero part of his persona has never really completely faded ever. They're always there. He could be, he's still, he could be the biggest baby face, but part of the deal is he got that, that other side of him. That's never, he's never a completely good guy. Grit and determination, he, right? Like when you said the line, he would do anything and everything to win the match. That's how I imagine Shawn Michaels, whether he's a babyface or a heel. Exactly. That never went away. And never. that's why we love him. So Chris Jericho versus the Jeratron. Do you remember this moment? Because, man, it is one of the most memorable to me of the 2000s. Because on June 9th, 2008, Jericho hosted the highlight reel with his guest, Shawn Michaels, who had just lost a stretcher match against Batista the evening before at One Night Stand. So Jericho noted, as you can hear, the fans will love you no matter what it is that you do. So furthermore, Jericho added, case in point, you feigned a knee injury for almost a month. You blatantly lied about it to me, to Batista. Then Sean cut him off, reminding Chris he promised to do anything and everything to win. Jericho was visibly annoyed when Sean was cheered more than ever after super kicking him to dispel the knee injury over a month prior. Chris believed the fans would rather boo an honest man and cheer for Sean Instead, then Chris raised a question. How does Shawn Michaels, HBK, one of the greatest performers of all time, one of the most highly decorated superstars in the history of the business, turn into such a lying, cheating, pathetic little worm of a human being? And this was really where we saw the attitude shift in Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. He proceeded to clothesline HBK and throw him face first into the Geratron. Jericho also promised the worst was yet to come. Ooh. What's that mean? Uh, yeah, and the scene was really reminiscent, at least to me, of the time that Sean threw his former tag team partner, Marty Jannetty, through the window in that infamous barbershop segment. Maybe a little bit of a throwback there, Corey. Yeah, a little payback, actually. Jannetty was probably hammered on his couch, excited <laughs> as LF to see that happen to him. He's like, I'm, I'm coming back. Timing the storyline. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird, too. It's interesting. And this, of course, was all kayfabe. Following the accident, the story was that Michael suffered a detached retina. Now, on a mm-hmm. side note, many fans still believe that Sean's injury came as a result from this angle. That's simply not true. It actually transpired during a match against Kane that was Unforgiven 2004. Sean took a really bad bump, and that's where his quote-unquote lazy eye came from it became more obvious as the years that passed though and especially now you can tell that he just decided hey i'm not going to get it done in terms of surgery or any form of procedure you know i actually heard that the uh, silver sun pickups uh wrote the song lazy eye about <laughs> uh this particular incident great reference so I, go, I love that go song. back and listen go back and listen to that tune and that's actually what it's all about uh, Shawn but, Michaels. Uh, that's the the hidden lyrics about sweet chin music i heard them whisper that now i know <laughs> exactly Exactly. But yeah, this is a sinister, sinister little spot here. And this is when 
the tension just they're, that they're creating is unreal. And uh, um, I think Sean rocks a lazy eye better than anyone ever could. <laughs> well, he's the cowboy hat as well, too. Yeah, that guy's face is just uh, every you know when he's cocky and all that. He registers so much, but when he's got that defeated face, that like life is too much for me face, that's heavy. That's a and he's that's on display for most basically the rest of this feud is like that like nothing matters but your destruction face. Yeah, I, I've lost. Uh, hey, my smile's back even though I lost yeah. your face. Yeah, I was I was there when he uh, remember when he gave up the belt when he got jumped in Syracuse. Yes, and he like he went to the arena and he gave up his belt to Dean Douglas. I was there. I was in the audience, and uh, but and he's on the big Titan Tron with that abs. That was absolutely defeated, bruised face. Yeah, that face conveys so much. It does. That's, that's just one of the billion reasons why he's the best. I could still picture that moment with his deep gravelly voice. He's like, "I lost my smile." You know, yeah. hopefully I find it and the tears are coming down. And then, of course, I'm sure there's some wrestlers. Brett would talk about that, too. He's like, ah, BS, what's going on? So a weird Dude, moment, <laughs> but it was great to see him obviously come back. So the next week on Raw, Chris Jericho blamed the entire audience, of course, full-blown heel turn for what occurred yeah. with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Ric Flair came out to confront Chris Jericho and noted that while he is retired, woo, and of course he wasn't retired when he went to TNA, there's nothing stopping him from fighting him in the parking lot. So, of course, he kind of goads Ooh. him into that, goes to the parking lot. Jericho follows, and who does he see instead? He's met by Triple H, ooh, and the two later squared off. Now, on the following edition of Raw that transpired on June 23rd, 2008, Shawn Michaels, who was sporting facial bandages at this point he returned to attack chris jericho but ultimately jericho threw him into the commentary table to further hurt his already vulnerable eye it was a great little uh part there because he got him right on the corner Ugh, ugh. it looks <laughs> like it was painful even though you knew okay they're playing this off well i loved it yeah they're going for that eye for a while actually throughout Ooh. this whole the whole storyline. And we're going to see eye for an eye just momentarily. So June 29, 2008, it was Night of Champions. Shawn Michaels interfered in Chris Jericho's match against Kofi Kingston, costing Jericho the Intercontinental Championship. So that's gone. But also worth noting, Lance Cade. There's a name we're not going to bring up very often. An individual <laughs> yeah, who is trained. This is about it, I think. Yeah, I think so. An individual trained by Shawn Michaels uh, had become Chris Jericho's protege. And then the next night on Raw... Jericho had a rematch against Kofi Kingston, but was ultimately DQ'd after pulling his tights. Chris also challenged Sean for a match at the Great American Bash. Now, uh, just to quickly touch on Lance Cade, because we're not probably going to touch on him again. I it, think it, we should have a whole episode about Lance Cade, don't you think? We could. Uh, That'll be our top-rated episode. <laughs> I don't know how much material we're going to have, unfortunately. After 10 <laughs> minutes, it's like I'm tapping out here, Corey. Right, but let's it's, unpack it, though. It's true that he was trained by Sean, actually alongside Brian Danielson, known as Daniel Bryan. The two even competed as a tag team in Japan for a short while. Then when Lance debuted in WWE, he actually went by the name Garrison Cade. I actually remember that in a video game. He was very... What's what's the purpose of that? Why is Garrison better than Lance? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea, but they already had Lance Storm and, and other individuals. Okay, too many Lances. Yeah, That's too it. many Lances. But the whole joke 19, was... 19 Chris's, but anyways, yeah, go on. <laughs> but remember, it's not Chris McMahon, so you're fine. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, and, yeah. and certainly he utilized his size and his presence. I mean, that was definitely on his side. But Jim Ross noted that he made a major league mistake while utilizing some bad judgment that led to his release in 2008. Do you remember anything about Lance Cade at all, Corey? Oh, uh, he's all I think about. Well, I, like, I've got posters <laughs> of him on my wall here. 
Um, oh, I see him. Yeah, right? he's in he's in the red tights. That's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, next week I'll uh, I'll be sure to wear my Lance Cade shirt. Oh, geez. Uh, we're speaking ill of the dead a little bit. I don't mean that. Um, I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, he had a almost unnotable <laughs> WWE career as a tag team champion at one point, I guess. Trevor and, uh, Murdoch, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, this was a big spot for him, kind of superfluous and not required. But sure, he was part of this whole deal. He was let go in kind of an unceremonious, uh, unfortunate situation. I guess he he had uh, uh, Shawn Michaels had put him over as DX or something, and he didn't thank Shawn Michaels or something, and he got I don't know reprimanded in Gorilla. If you if you don't worry about this, possibly that I do. Um, and then the, he walked out of the building instead of sticking around, and they let him go. Something like that. He also had something a seizure on a plane, that. apparently, too. On top yeah, of that. That's a, so there's, it was just, yeah. I think, uh, just a hurricane of unfortunate events that led to his release. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think he died a couple years after that. 29 years old. Ooh, that's so young. Yeah, that sucks. Um, anyway, so Lance Cade, we'll get back to it. We'll give, it, give you a whole episode pretty soon. <laughs> Mark that on your calendar. Oh, God. I mean, uh, rest in peace, but I, I don't think we're going to be able to pull off a 30, 40 minute up. episode. Yeah. Unless it's like we just bring people on to share their stories on Lance Cade, Garrison Cade. Uh, how many? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to? Okay, okay. I'm starting to feel bad here. Okay, <laughs> moving on. On the uh, July 7th edition of Raw, despite not being 100%, Shawn Michaels accepted a match against Chris Jericho at the Great American Bash. Jericho joined Michaels in the ring with Lance Cade by his side. On July 14th, Raw kicked off with Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels attempting to tear each other apart. After Jericho defeated Paul London... Shawn Michaels took to the stage to stop the post-match beatdown. On July 20th, 2008, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels squared off at the Great American Bash pay-per-view. Jericho ended up winning by referee stoppage after he relentlessly attacked Michaels' injured eye. It's almost like an MMA. Just wave the fight off. It's over. In between (laughs) rounds. Yeah. Uh, Throughout this time frame, Chris Jericho moved away from the -the over-the-top Y2J gimmick and transformed into a a suit-wearing methodical heel inspired by Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. Mm. His cadence and vocabulary also started to heavily borrow from Nick Bockwinkle. Even his his walk was different. Oh, I loved it too. As as you said, like methodical and like – yeah, everything. He was was a whole different character. Never a wasted movement. To me, I would say along – with his current Le Champion persona, Lobe Le Bubble. This was undoubtedly yeah. my favorite version of Chris Jericho. And he's really become the David Bowie of professional wrestling. He manages to adapt with the times before he's forced to, better than anybody else, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I was a List guy, big List fan. Oh, that was great, too. That that may be my favorite. Uh, but yeah, now, now, is, now, is, now is hard to beat. And a lot of these things, you, the thing about him is he rolls with the accidents, right? Like Le Champion, Le Bubbly, all that stuff. That's none of these things. That, that's not really planned ahead. That just, and then he rolls with it and it becomes a part of him. Yeah, it, it's incredible. And the fact, too, that we can actually sit here and debate which version is better and throw it about five or <laughs> yeah. six different versions is a testament yeah. to his adaptability. You're right. Like you can't say that about like what version of Bret Hart is your favorite? Yeah, it'd be like it's it's the same version. It's generally right? the same. There's a grumpier version of something. <laughs> yeah. But you could say that really uh, even about Shawn Michaels. You yeah. could have the baby face and the heel, of course. But really I always look at Shawn Michaels in two different versions, meaning before he retired and after, right? Like which version did you like better? 
Here we are fighting about Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart somehow. Ah, it always yeah, ties you're right. back. You're right. Um, okay, this is my favorite chapter named Chris Jericho punches the wife of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Which is legit, by the way, too. If you go yeah. back and you watch it, it's funny when you go back and you watch the replays, a lot of them will cut it out. But when you actually it's watch rough. the segment, it is rough. It's rough. I mean, kudos to Rebecca, by the way, for actually taking it like a champ, not complaining, not throwing anybody under the bus. We'll get to this, obviously, but still, at the same time, yeah. she deserves the most amount of praise out of the three of them for this. And I mean, I mean, after all these years of watching wrestling, there's not a lot of swelling that you ever end up seeing. But for her, she had a big fat lip. Instant. She had a real injury. Instant. She's <laughs> coming know, back. Visible. She's like, I have a photo shoot the next day with my family. It's now it's done. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> rough. Yeah, you don't see a lot of fat lips somehow in no. in wrestling. We got to see more of those. Is, yeah, more fat lips. Uh, all right, skipping ahead to SummerSlam on August 17th, 2008. Shawn Michaels was joined by his wife, Rebecca, as they both made their way to the ring. Shawn noted he had a reevaluation with the doctor over his eye, and due to complications along with previous knee surgeries and back surgeries, the doctor recommended retirement. Oh, no. As Shawn delivered his heartfelt speech, he's good at heartfelt speeches. Oh, he by is. The way. He's one of the best. A lot best. of those throughout the career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho interrupted and noted he would not allow it. He wanted Sean to admit he's walking away from the business because of Chris Jericho. Ooh, what a heel tactic. <laughs> yeah, you're leaving because of me. Uh, Sean, in turn, asked Chris to sit his wife and kids down and let them know daddy will never, ever be Sean Michaels. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. Ooh, Chris, that, then that went to, <laughs> Chris then went to punch Sean, but he ducked and struck Sean's wife, Rebecca, instead for real. <laughs> oh. And Chris, uh, Chris Jericho, Jericho. Chris Jericho in his book details this very well. By the way, yeah, you have the book, obviously. You're, yeah, you're, I do. You're a, you're a Chris Jericho goat kind of guy, eh? Uh, he's up there. I think if you're looking at the greatest all around performers of all time, you have to put him up there. Like for me, I was thinking about this the other day, and I mean, many will consider Ric Flair, and that that's perfectly okay. I don't know if I'd put him in my top five, but I'm perfectly okay with that. But Sean has to be up right. there. We're talking all around everything. I think pound right. for pound, it's got to be Kurt Angle, really, when you think about everything. But you have Rock, who's got to be up there, Jericho, Austin. There's a bunch. All right, Chris. One of these days, instead of reading an article, we're going to have a special episode where we debate our Mount Rushmores. And we oh, really get blood. God. We'll get, the Mount we'll Rushmore get the debate is so up. difficult, though, because if I'm going to just lay it on the line right now. If I was I to say, oh, but if I was to say, say greatest Mount Rushmore in terms of draws or influence, that's very different from who I believe are the best workers or the best right. microphone magicians. So we can have a bunch of Mount Rushmores. How about that? No, man, that's cheating. I want we we will debate real, real hard for five that encompass everything. <laughs> we'll, we'll, it'll get bloody. Jeez. I'll, I'll get you, give you a fat lip. It'll be perfect i only only if we have bottles of jd and we take shots like undertaker we gargle it i think that's his move oh fine <laughs> i'm willing i'm willing to do that okay that's the move okay so we got lance cade and a mount rushmore episode planned this is going well jesus um <laughs> uh so yeah in the book uh he writes as sean and rebecca turned their backs to walk away i spun him around and threw a punch at his head he ducked out of the way, leaving his wife directly in the line of fire, and I smacked her full force in the mouth. For real. They carted her out on a stretcher, and when they got backstage, I kept repeating over and over again, so sorry, man, I'm so sorry. The doctor extended to Rebecca as Sean stared at me blankly like he wanted to kill me. 
He finally broke the silence. I should never have allowed this to happen. This never should have happened. I can't believe I brought my family into this. If it was possible to feel worse than me, he did. We were both staring at our feet in silence, waiting to see if Rebecca was okay, when she suddenly sat up off the stretcher and looked me in the eye. Is that the best you got, Jericho? She said with a crooked smile. <laughs> Sean and I looked at each other and started laughing as he gave his wife a hug. Ooh, there goes the tension. Yeah. I've slept on the couch for much less than that. So. <laughs> and now, here's the thing. If you're Sean, wouldn't you be more upset with yourself than Jericho for allowing that to happen, though? Well, yeah. I mean, the guy did duck out of the way. Of course. What are you supposed to expect here? You're putting your wife, you put anyone in that wrestling ring, that's kind of the stuff that happens in there. You're not doing your taxes in there. Exactly. I mean, there, it's there's a, hitting going on in there. As much as people will argue is not a contact sport, it is. You're just trying to make it <laughs> seem like you're not trying to beat them up as much as possible yeah. when you punch them in the face, which, again, is such an art and a talent. And by the way, it's something actually missing from the modern day. I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man, but if you can't throw a punch, don't even go to the ring. Yeah, there's a lot of bad punches being thrown these days, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. So we talked do you think, about Do you think she has the do you think Rebecca has the 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 greatest fat lip in the history of sports <laughs> It's gotta be up there. She's a great sport yeah. about it too. And I, and I love the fact too that Jericho was at a point in two thousand eight where he wasn't gonna get punished for it. But imagine if you're a younger talent. You went up against Shawn Michaels, you did this, <laughs> yeah. and the old Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Ooh, the, yeah, he would have booted you out of the business because he did it to so many people like Vader and others where he basically tormented them. You would have been DOA if that had happened to you. But you're this, right. That's probably that. That was probably the main thing on Jericho's mind. At the, you know, I'm at done. Moment, I'm like, done because who's Vince going to agree with Sean, the Golden Goose or me? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's really hitting your way. Hitting his wife is uh, much worse than anything you just do to him anyway. So, yeah, that's 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 a scary moment for Jericho. Because he could say, Vince, I want him gone. And then Jericho's yeah. like, look, look, where am I going to go? <laughs> yeah. TNA? Like, I have nowhere else to go. Or I'll just tour yeah. with Fozzie full time. <laughs> yeah, that's a scary one. But it all played out. And it was an eye for an eye at this point. Because the next evening on Raw, Chris Jericho was in the ring. And he refused to apologize for what happened at SummerSlam. In oh fact, my he blamed Sean for the for the incident and the fans, by the way, too. It's all your fault. That's what I love about a heel is that it's not on him whatsoever. He's making excuses. Fans. You blame the fans, even though they had nothing to do with it. It's not like anybody threw a punch <laughs> and winded back. But it was them. It, yeah, it, but Sean as well. And then on August 25th, 2008, Shawn Michaels appears on Raw to update everyone was asked about Rebecca. She's hurt, but she's going to be okay. He rest assured the fans, or reassured the fans, I should say. And then Chad tried to tell himself that the Chris Jericho punch was an accident. But after watching Raw and seeing Chris blame on, place the blame on him and the audience while showing no remorse, he knew something had to be done. Sean offered to sign anything, any waiver, any release, no rules, no liabilities. He didn't want anyone responsible for the revenge he was about to exact on Chris Jericho. And Jericho, by the way, did an excellent job of highlighting the sheer danger of this match. Sean, if I accept this unsanctioned match, forget about your career. Your entire life is going to change. And then Sean interrupted, are you going to accept this match or tell me what I already know? Oh, I, I love these lines from both of them, just going back and Sinister. forth. I know, Sinister. it's amazing. And then Chris ultimately accepts, but he advises Sean's wife and children to skip watching the match as they will be horrified by what they see. 
Sean wasn't looking to steal the show. He wanted an eye for an eye, a highly effective promo from both men. And to me, the one line I love is, I hope God will forgive me for what I do to you. Ooh, that, that one's great. She nasty. Yeah, so again, September 1st, tensions reached a breaking point when Jericho and Sean met for contract signing. They tend to never go well. That's what history dictates. And that's, of course, <laughs> where... You scrap those. <laughs> and that's where Sean delivered that line. I believe one of the most effective lines of his entire career. I hope God will forgive me for what I do to you. It's just perfectly <laughs> delivered. Yeah, especially, you know, he feels about God. And Not, uh, yeah, he was close. in the match, <laughs> it looks like he's worried about that actual fact. Yeah, so Lance Cade, he attacked Sean and supported Jericho, but again, it backfired. In a frightening moment, Sean attempted to grab Chris Jericho on the outside of the ring and seemingly landed on his neck, but appeared to be perfectly fine. Going back and rewatching that, I thought, uh, this could jeopardize the entire feud and even a career. But at, yeah. at Unforgiven, the match took place. That was September 7, 2008 from the Quicken Loans Arena. Oh, that's a catchy name in Cleveland, Terrible. Ohio. I, it's, it, it is horrendous. I hate it when these companies Quicken take it loans. over and it's like the Quicken Loans Arena or all these banks now just name yeah. arenas or the Alaska Airlines Arena. It's like, ah, oh, it just has no Our, ring ours, to it. Ours here is the Save on Foods. Oh, arena, my God. That's horrendous. Which might be the worst one. That's Save a, on Foods. There's a couple horrendous <laughs> ones, too. We might have to go through a list of the worst yeah. arena names at some point as maybe like a little bonus segment. <laughs> But as advertised, it was, oh, we, <laughs> we're going to need to. It was Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned mat- match. In translation, anything and everything is allowed. And much like the previous battle at Great American Bash, the result ended with another referee stoppage after Jericho was deemed unable to compete. Now, here's the twist. The M. Night Shyamalan twist is that the battered Chris Jericho replaced an injured CM Punk after he was attacked by Legacy and he entered the World Heavyweight Championship scramble. Now, furthermore, while Batista was distracted with Rey Mysterio, the opportunistic Jericho pinned Kane. As time ran out, Chris Jericho was once again king of the world. He was your new World Heavyweight Champion. I love this call. As Michael Cole stated, Jericho had the presence of mind to take advantage to bleed off the damage done by others, including Batista. Jericho snuck in the back door. So Jericho loses, and he comes out with his head held high, with gold around his waist. And for me, it's perfectly clear that Vince wanted the championship involved in this feud because it essentially eclipsed all others at this point, right? Yeah, I don't know if the championship needs to be part of a feud. I'm I don't not think so really either. For that, personally, but uh, uh, yeah, it made you can't really have a ladder match without one. So, but you sure. can imagine <laughs> Vince though going. Damn it, they need the belt in this field. Or he, of course, he doesn't call yeah. it a belt, but the championship in this field. Damn yeah, it, they need no it belt. there. So I agree with you. I don't necessarily know if they needed that up for grabs. And to your point, I think it was compelling enough without it. Definitely. I'd say if you have that, it's actually a waste, kind of, because you have, no matter what, you've got a feud with a belt, you, then you've got a feud. You can put that on to people who don't really have a lot of heat. And make that your thing. And then this could be a separate thing. And this was already you, you personal pulse, enough. Pulse. It's like you you yeah, messed up my eye. You punched my wife. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're unforgiving. I mean, that's enough heat right there. That's enough to make your blood boil. And now it's like, and now I want the championship. Yeah, exactly. Although I do like the 
uh, which there's not a lot, not enough of nowadays. The left field uh, didn't see that coming. Chris Jericho being the champion out of nowhere. There's not enough of that these days. There's, you know, some guy sneaking. You know, unless it's with the caveat of money in the bank or whatever. It's nice to have just this random winner that you never saw coming. You're bang on because I mean we expected at the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania because we're always expecting a few surprises. But there, when it yeah. occurred, I watched it live and I went, "What?" <laughs> like, obviously I knew where it was going because they wouldn't just blow off the feud and have Jericho win a championship and that's it right yeah exactly exactly and who the hell doesn't want another Sean championship match yeah of course worked out <laughs> worked out but yeah again I really don't think I mean I was thinking about this earlier like the when there were two championship belts I cared about championships now I don't really even consider the championship belts as much because there's too many it's just on smackdown united states intercontinental oh, it's tough God. when you have that many right like i know it's that there's good. different brands but it's just so much to catch up on exactly you used to have you could build matches around other things back in the day there's there's the occasional one but it's it's not as uh it's if not everything needs to be for a belt you know, sometimes you might have an evil clown after you, and uh, that's good enough. <laughs> and that's pride. I'm going to overcome my fear of it, and I'm going to win this feud and end it once and for all. Exactly. That's the stuff I'm tuning in. <laughs> all right. On uh, September 8th, 2008, edition of Raw, which took place the night after Unforgiven, Jericho opened the show with a beaming smile on his face and bragged about his new championship reign. Chris also noted that it was an unsanctioned match against Sean and it never really existed. True. He further reminded us that he is an honest man, a righteous man, and now he is the champion. We are now forced to recognize just how good Chris Jericho is. Near the conclusion of this fantastic promo is Chris's most poignant line. Shawn Michaels told me a month ago that I would never be him. He's right. I'm not Shawn Michaels. I'm better. Mike drop. Tello. Can't even believe he said that. Yeah, you went there? I guess the showstopper. It's insane. What what's gonna happen now? Uh on the September 15th edition of Raw, Chris Jericho's no mercy opponent was revealed. General manager Mike Condomley took to the stage and noted that JBL and Batista would square off to determine the number one contender against the champion. The confused Chris Jericho wondered what he meant by the champion. Dominic noted the championship needed to be defended at no mercy and that an individual approached him about a match against Jericho as he simply couldn't pass up. As Dominic promised to introduce the challenger, he walked backstage, which led to a pregnant pause. As Shawn Michaels' music played, the arena came unglued. Sean asked, what more could you and I possibly do to each other? Is there any way we can top ourselves? More importantly, is there a match that is not only thrilling, not only exhilarating, but will allow me to permanently disfigure you in ways that even I can't imagine? And then it hit me. There's a match that some people say I put on the map. There's a match that some people say I revolutionized. And it is a match that will allow me to beat you for the World Heavyweight Championship. So at no mercy, it's going to be the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho for the World Heavyweight Championship, eh? What do you think? At that point, a few crew members brought out a ladder as Shawn Michaels screamed, ladder match from up top. Chris Jericho looked visibly concerned as he hid behind the much larger Lance Cade. If this was 2020, Shawn would have joked about, what is that, the doomsday match? (laughs) It's going to be an eight on two. (laughs) but yes i mean this is a this is the man 
that revolutionized that match, as we've obviously discussed in previous episodes. And the way in which she delivered this, too, I love. It was classic Shawn Michaels in terms of, is there a match that some people say I put on the map? And like a pause, and the fans were rolling with him, and they knew what he was going to say, but it was just so relieving once, of course, he introduced it. Of course, he's that that uh, that awaited tension for that that to be official. My God, and uh, just so many great ladder matches in the past, starting that guy, and uh, you knew you were in for another classic one, which proved to be true. It shouldn't be understated as well, too. How this feud really brought out the best of Shawn Michaels behind a microphone. I know you've mentioned it. I've noted it too. I think Shawn Michaels is very underrated on the microphone, especially when he's motivated. And in this case, I mean, his in-ring work, of course, is continually praised. He's one of the greatest of all time in the ring, no denying that. But he could always cut a compelling promo when he needed. And of course, Jericho has been consistently great for decades. So you pair them together, man, they're gift to gab. It's something that you just can't replicate. Of course, he got he could take away all of Sean's career and just have the DX era, and you got like uh, you, you got brilliance on the mic every single time. It was a, more about the mic than the wrestling at that time. And then you got Jericho on the mic now uh, when AEW needs him to save the day. And good God, when for the, on the when he's at the commentators booth, he's probably better than anyone to be Jeez. honest with you. And when he when the time does come for him to retire, I hope that's where he goes. He's the closest thing we've seen to a Jesse Ventura ever, I, in I my opinion. To say that. I was about to say that for sure. Yeah, we need you need a. There's also not enough uh, great heel commentators. No, but, and it's been a long dry spell for that. So you, you you look forward to that when when his career is done. I hope that's where he goes. I sure hope so. At least if he can sign on with a contract extension when his in ring work is over with, and I hope it's still uh, you know a few years away, which it appears as though he yeah, signed a three year contract sure. with AEW. But he has a career in whatever the heck he wants to do, professional wrestling yeah. wise. <laughs> and other thing wise, really. Yeah. He's got his finger in many, many pies. Oh, it, Jericho's ridiculous. I remember making a checklist where it's like best selling author, cruise host, <laughs> podcast host, you know, rock band, lead singer of a rock band, world champion. Like, you name it, the man does it. Like, that's, ever, that's diversity. Did I, did I ever tell you about the time that he showed up maybe three years ago, two years ago, three years ago to my favorite watering hole in Winnipeg, the cavern. Yeah. Uh, a little basement kind of dingy place and ends up playing. My best friends were, were the, were the band on that night and he went up and joined them and they got to sing several songs with Jericho. Wow. That's bucket list and, material. Yeah. Legendary, legendary night. Yeah. Incredible. And he's, he's, you know, he lives in where he grew up in Winnipeg, but he's not around a lot. So that was uh, quite a pleasant surprise. No, because he resides in Tampa, Florida, I believe. So he's not really, he has no need to be up there other than the fact that maybe <laughs> he has family or some old friends up there. Yeah. If you're going to go up there, you better need to be there. If you're gonna be in <laughs> All right. Uh, during the Monday Night Raw episode on September 22nd, Chris Jericho opened the show with the World Heavyweight Championship hanging above a ladder that was positioned in the middle of the ring. Jericho climbed the ladder and sat on top with his microphone in hand. Leave it to HBK to once again attempt to rewrite history. Ooh, and then we move ahead to No Mercy, and I can't wait to talk to you about this because you've watched this match as of yesterday, I believe, right? Oh, yeah, I had quite the wrestling day yesterday. By the way, very, very understated how great this match was. When it comes to the greatest ladder matches of all time, a lot of people will put this, I think even WWE put it at number 10, it should be higher. 
Yeah, it should be higher. Well, it's uh, uh, Jericho says it's his favorite match that he ever had. He also said that it, uh, I believe he said that it kills the Razor Shawn Michaels ladder matches, which, you know, take what you will from that. I, I would say close, but, but I don't know. Close, I mean, yeah. I, I probably put Razor and Shawn mm-hmm. right up there. And of course, you have the TLC match, not necessarily just a traditional ladder match with you know, the Dudleys and of course, WrestleMania 17. So that, that was a big one as well too. But this took place on October 5th, 2008 from the Rose Center in Portland, Oregon. And it headlined the card. And in terms of epic ladder matches between the two, it was incredible. It was 30 minutes of hellacious action that included Jericho slamming Michael's left shoulder into the ring post, multiple ladders, sweet chin music, a lion salt onto the ladder, onto uh, Shawn Michaels, and of course, interference from Lance Cade. That was expected. And a final dramatic sequence. So with both men grabbing the championship, it was a glorified tug of war. Jericho landed a headbutt that forced Michaels off the ladder, thus landing onto the floor. Jericho retrieved the championship, and he proved once and for all that he's not Shawn Michaels, but he's better. Now, in describing this epic feud with Arda Ocal and Jimmy Corderas, former uh, former referee in WWE on Right After Wrestling, this was back in 2011, Shawn Michaels had the following to say, and this is uh, ProWrestling.net for the quote, Chris was talking about it while we were doing it. He kept saying, geez, they need to make a DVD on this. Not so much now, obviously. The thing is, we love working with each other. We're, we're very similar in our creative process. We're two guys who push each other and challenge each other and love every second of it. Michaels continued, and I think the greatest thing about this rivalry was that nobody had a game plan. It was something that just came about, and each week, Chris and I just sort of got together, and we would do this process. He and I spent countless hours in the writer's office with ideas. I don't know if you can hear it in our voices, but we just really enjoyed working with each other. Uh, Both the Wrestling Observer and PWI, along with countless other publications, listed this as the best feud of 2008. I believe Wrestling Observer actually listed that as the best match of 2008. Right. It's a a great match. It's it's, If Razor and Sean were like the building blocks, then these guys are ladder poets just kind of Using new every move was kind of a new way to do it, which there's always room to do that, but they found all those ways. There's a lot of really interesting uh, uses of that ladder. Often forgotten too was the fact Jericho lost his tooth during that match. That was was brutal. When it zooms in on him, I'm thinking, oh god, that's got to hurt. Exposed roots. Considers that like a trophy, kind of. He does. "Ah, Look what I did. But that that's what makes him one of the all-time greats is when you see them continue, and many have done that, credit to Natalia and so many others I've seen continue without a tooth. Even Nikki Bella yeah. did. As much as people want to right. criticize her, she moved along with it. It is a, right. a testament to any performer that will work through some sort of visible injury where they think, you know what, it's not permanent. It can be fixed. Don't let it impact oh. me. Finish the match. Still turns my stomach, though, but uh, good on them. I'm no wrestler. So. Could you imagine sitting in the ring, and all of a sudden, you either touch it with your finger or even worse, with your tongue, and you go, those teeth are gone. I mean, obviously happens to hockey players and in professional sports a lot, but I've seen it happen yeah. quite often in wrestling where you just lose those teeth. But I get, you know, again, if you're going to have, if you're going to lose it in a match with, uh, lose it in a match with your idol, I'll lose a, I'll lose a tooth for uh, having a match with Shawn Michaels. Of course. I'll, I'll do that. That's. That's an invisible trophy. A right five-star affair, one of the greatest ladder matches I've ever seen. 
And really when looking at this feud, I do believe it's one of the greatest of all time. And really what propelled or propelled this story, I should say, to be revered as one of the greatest feuds of all time is one word, and I believe that's believability. After going back and rewatching it, the countless promos, the matches, you believe every word, every action, every match. Sean lied to Chris about the knee injury, which led to the blow-off match, of course. Chris accidentally struck Sean's wife, Rebecca, but showed no remorse. Plus, there's that underlying tone of morals and ethics. Sean was the opportunistic liar, yet he was still revered by fans. He was cheered by them, and Chris was the bearer of the truth, but his self-righteousness really led him to become hated. And then, of course, you have Jericho proving that he wasn't Shawn Michaels, but better, which in the end, he proved, at least in this feud. So one thing is for certain, we had two of the greatest artists painting a beautiful piece of work full of layers of emotion that could really resonate with any wrestling fan, even to this day, all those years later. I mean, it's been 12 years later, it still holds up. And I, for one, feel truly grateful to have witnessed it and also relived it again time and time again. I, just, I love those year-long feuds or multiple year-long feuds that are are missing oh. missing from these days. Like, right? uh, we'll go back and relive it, but like Hogan Savage. How does yeah. that not hold up all these years later? And again, believability. That is the key word in all of these. Exactly. In real life, you don't have like an end date to your uh, being pissed off at someone. It, it can linger and it, for it to intertwine uh, – you know, through their career instead of just being like, you're done now. That's it. You know? So it's nice to have had that for so long. And whenever they pull that off, it's makes for, yeah, much more believability. So in terms of pure emotion, Corey, what other feuds do you think would match or even surpass this one? I've mentioned a bunch earlier. I know we talk about this constantly, but what are a few that actually come to your mind? Uh, I think if you want like real emotional ones you need to have it that's going to depend on the wrestler and the wrestler is going to bring that out like you need a guy who's going to uh surpass the the fakeness of it all and and be able to convey and register real emotion in their storylines and bret hart could do that a lot right so like a bret owen storyline oh god that was some that was some real passion and emotion and that's because they they could deliver the goods with their faces you know and they you know and of course just the building blocks of that are are uh, the real deal. And then Brett and Sean, like those guys are just good at registering more than just uh, a fake performance. They, they, it's real to them, you know? Even Austin Rock, Austin versus McMahon, you actually felt as though he truly yeah. hated his boss, wanted to get rid of him, and then in turn the boss hated Austin and wanted to eliminate him, but also knew deep down he kind of needed him as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's sort of... I, it's my favorite part of wrestling is when the emotions kick in and you get the real feels. Savage Hogan, of course. We got those jill size. Uh-huh. You got the hungry <laughs> Is there a more emotional time than Elizabeth rejoining Macho King? Oh, my God. That, that's that's one that one. still covers me in goosebumps and puts tears exactly. in my eyes when she runs in, saves him, and he turns around, and then they embrace. Oh, and then in actuality, I don't even think they were together at that point, which was even stranger. Uh, yeah. I think that's post them, but mm, forget about it. That almost makes it more. Yes. Because it's like, oh, that's just a it's a part of our heritage. One more question before we hit the go home button here. Will we ever see WWE really allow the amount of time to invest in a story like this again? Because we also saw with Jericho and Michaels, they had a lot of creative freedom, right? And that seems to be lacking in this day and age. So most storylines or feuds, they seem quite rushed. And this essentially played out over the years, when you really think about it, 
if, if the question is, if will it happen in WWE? No, not in any foreseeable future. No. Everything is programmed so specifically. Is, we're losing reality as it goes along at this point. Yeah. But <clears throat> thankfully, we've got a side project here called AEW, which uh, the freedom is there. I think, could you imagine uh, a Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson? Like uh, when when they inevitably are forced to break up, whatever six years down the road or whatever, how passionate and drawn out that could be, and how real deal that could be. I always th- I always think Matt Jackson could get Shawn Michaels level personally. Yeah, well, I, yeah I, I I think Matt is the more complete package over Nick. I think yeah. I think Nick is the better in ring performer, but in terms of the total package, I would go with Matt. Yeah, totally, totally, and I I think that that feud I look forward to it already. Well, that when that ends up happening, yeah, that'll be a thing of beauty, and they could really draw some draw some real emotion out of that. Bang on, and we have seen that though at times, and I think it went a little bit too long with Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. They tried to bring it back. I thought it ended perfectly, and I didn't love the way that part two or part three, depending on how you look at it, transpired. So for me, I thought it ended perfectly with you know Johnny winning the championship, Tommaso coming out, acknowledging it, embracing. That was it. I wrote a, right. an article about that. I thought that was the perfect ending, but they kept going. And sometimes you need to know when to ride off into the sunset. <laughs> Jericho and Michaels yeah, did right. just that too. Yeah, that you're, you're right. That is that is an integral part of it as well. To be like, okay, we're done. We 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 did we did we done good. Yeah, yeah, and just you're walk right. away with our head held high. And that's the toughest thing as well too in pro wrestling is that you know you have more to give. There's more miles left in the car. Let's just keep going. But at the same time, yeah. you know, it's if we can't top our ladder match, if we can't top this feud in 2008, why do we yeah. even have this again? Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, that's 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 always been the, the case with wrestlers is that is the hardest part of their career is to hang it up for anything, a feud or their career or whatever. It seems to be quite the difficult challenge. And same with musicians as well, too. <clears throat> Rolling Stones. <clears throat> <laughs> Easy now. I need them to tour a little longer. <laughs> with our 40th goodbye tour, we're back again. <laughs> Mick Jagger doing that old chicken walk. I'm sold every time, pal. <laughs> so this concludes. Right, I got to go, I gotta go pop, pop, pop in my uh, Lance K DVD. I got to go. <laughs> oh, God. Put in the Repo Man and uh, Doink the Clown with that as well, too. <laughs> <laughs> this concludes another episode of the Pro Wrestling Stories podcast as we go off to watch our precious DVDs and VHSs, Ooh. if you still have them. Sincerely hope that you join us for future episodes as we dive deep into the archives to bring you more of these articles to life in audio form. Listen and subscribe to future episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Pro Wrestling Stories on Facebook at Pro Wrestling Stories and on Twitter, PWS underscore official. And again, if you want to add a t-shirt to that t-shirt collection, ever-growing, PWSTs.com. 10% off if you use the promo code PODCAST. That simple. From Chris Toplak and Corey Rivard, happy trails to you until we meet again. 